Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Pedro, then by my friend Lydia Walls. All right, everybody, welcome to Revolution. Good to be back. Um, today is the last day of 47 for me. So, crack open a cold one. <laughs> Cheers. Um, welcome, 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 welcome. So much, so much to catch you guys up on. Lots of good stuff is happening. Where to start? Um, I'll start with some personal news. As you all know, I have been talking about this project. Um, this project we're doing with I guess I can say now we're doing it with with Vice. I've been working on a project for gosh quite a few years. Um, originally started with uh, me and Helen Rollins and Peter uh, Rollins and myself were uh, had an idea for a documentary, um, and then Helen Rollins' company, Magician's Niece, was like, "Let's do this." And then uh, they talked to Vice, and Vice said, we want this documentary, and then changed it into a, <laughs> it was going to be like an intellectual look at Tammy Faye and why she brings so much inclusion to uh, a place that has so much exclusion. Uh, but, uh, you know, kind of a, kind of a, I don't know what, what's the right word, a psychoanalytic look at, at her life. Ended up just turning out to being a documentary, a four-part documentary. And um, it was cool to be a part of. I actually got to do some of the booking um, for some of the guests and it was allowed that to be kind of a, a part-time job for me, which was really great because it helped me um, survive last year. And so anyhow, um, we, uh, we got, we got it, it got accepted into Sundance, the Sundance Festival, the Sundance Film Festival. And some of you may have seen me announce that already, but you know, that, that wasn't expected. And so that was really, really great. So, um, in January, I'm going to be I think it's going to premiere on the 18th at Sundance Channel. We're going to probably watch the first two episodes. And uh, that's really cool. That, it's just what an accomplishment. Um, the director, Dana, is really a great guy. Um, you'll, I'm sure you'll hear more about it. Um, you know, so uh, David Furnish and Elton John are, 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 came on as producers after we met uh, at, the, uh, at the play, The Eyes of... Uh, after that, I met them at the the play that they that, that they did about my mother in London, and so those are those are good things. Um, 
I've put a hold on the part-time job looking until January because, uh, you know, not a lot of people are hiring over Christmas holiday. They're hiring, but they're not hiring for part-time dads. I mean, I'm a full-time dad, but they're not hiring for that. So we'll see what happens next. So that's really, that, that's a great, that's great news. The other cool thing that happened, sorry, this is a big introduction today. Um, the other thing uh, is why I wasn't here last week, of course, was we were, um, we, uh, well, I had COVID and I don't have it anymore. So that's good. And it, it was a rough COVID. Like my, um, my ex-wife got COVID a few months ago and it was like lighter COVID. Like, oh, it's a cold now. This is great. And then I got it and it was like, you know, if you cough too hard, you're going to just throw up. And it was awful. So got COVID. Um, but luckily I was back home by then and, and resting. But while I was out of town, I was in Atlanta uh, last minute. Um, it worked out for um, D.E. Polk's church to have me out for Bishop Carlton Pearson's um, memorial service, to have me speak at his memorial service. And uh, Bishop was a friend of mine, an inspiration, um, quite an amazing human being. A lot of history. I, I've known uh, Carlton Pearson since I was little. I mean, he used to be a guest on the Jim and Tammy show. Uh, another cool thing was when I was at the memorial service, I met, um, I met somebody who used to go to my <laughs> a grown person, <laughs> older than me, who used to go and sit in the audience of my mom and dad's kids show, the Jim and Tammy puppet show, when it was on um, the CDN, I think, you know, where my dad started the 700 Club. So, so bizarre. Um, but yeah, so we, we really got to, and I just got to go back to Atlanta, and it wasn't, so I didn't get to see everybody I wanted to see, but I got to see some good folks that I did want to see, uh, a couple people while I was there. It was just an in and out uh, visit, but... Uh, it was such a wonderful time. It was kind of a confirmation of reconnecting with D.E., Donnie Earl, and, and with his group of folks who, who, who really work with the message of inclusion and loving people and all that and, and really carrying on Carlton's message. So it was, it was a beautiful weekend. Um, I, you know, and I was reminded of like what revolution meant to a lot of people in Atlanta. And that was great. You know, I, I hadn't, I'd been there once on the Loosen the Bible Belt tour, but I was there for like a couple hours. But, um, but really the last time I was really in Atlanta was like 15, 16 years ago when my mom's uh, funeral uh, memorial. So, uh, but it was, it was a, a great time. It was kind of reminded me who I was, you know, um, and uh, it was nice, you know, it was just one of those moments to remind you that, oh man, I did some, some good work and, and, and connected with family and how much the Polks helped. The D.E. Finch family, um, Don and Clarice Polk, his mom and dad, like raised me from like 16 to like 20. Um, I, I started Revolution, like I took a year off and went to Phoenix and did Revolution for a year, but I lived with them for a while. And D.E. is the one who told me about Grace and they were like my parents, and he was like my brother. So just reconnecting was uh, just really, really, really good for me. Um, sometimes when you're in a dark place, you don't always realize it. 
you know, um, or you just kind of get used to it. And uh, so it's kind of like, almost, I don't want to, I don't like the word, I don't know if spirituality is the right word, maybe charisma, I don't know what the right word is, but just kind of feeling dead a little bit. And um, I was really reminded of the life, you know, the life giving message of grace. Um, so it was just a great time all around. So I wanted to share that with you. That's where I was last week. Hopefully some of you guys got to tune in. I, I posted like it was online. Um, you can still see it. Um, I'll, I'll post it again, but it was, it was online. Uh, I think almost at our, at this time. So that was really, 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 um, really cool too, to kind of have that and be able to do that. But man, it was really great to be with all these different bishops, uh, just such a unique, diverse group of folks. And, uh, I loved it. So anyway, that's, that was, those are some, some, some good news, good news. So the bad news is, is today I, uh, dropped my kids off, uh, for a little bit so I could go study and I walked to the coffee shop and my book bag was open. My Bible that I've been using for years, this is a suspect, suspect device fell out. I retraced my steps and it's gone. So someone probably thought they found an insane person's Bible. Because um, it's got like tattoo parlor stickers and stuff inside. Um, a Mary Max cinnamon roll sticker inside there. So, uh, but luckily uh, a few years ago I saw one. Because it's like it was a gift Bible. It was one of those gift Bibles for graduates at Duke University. And I really loved it. And I was like, what happened if I ever lost this Bible? Because it's really tough. And I would hate to lose it. And so I saw one on eBay for like 11 bucks and got it. And so luckily I had a backup. But um, today I'll be using the, the, the small. If we use the Bible, I, I'm not sure today. Because I just want to talk about a few things. Um, we're going into 30 years of doing this. I've been doing this for almost 30 years now, um, which is really wild. Uh, started out like four or five of us and um, everybody's moved on to do different things. And honestly, I, I would have not guessed had I sat down and they said, which one of you will still be doing revolution in 30 years? I don't think I would have guessed it was me. <clears throat> but look what happened. Here we are almost 30 years later. And so uh, I'm excited. You know, we'll, we'll start the year as always with Galatians and um, you know, and start the 30 years off right, you know, and I, I'm looking forward to all the new things uh, that we're going to do. I, I'm a little bit more inspired because I was back in, in, uh, I was back in, uh, you know, back in Atlanta and it was just that, oh, you know, community and the work we did and, you know, it was just, you know, reminded me, kind of encouraged me to see things differently. Um, but also I remember with Carlton, is one of the things Carlton told me was, he's like, you know, don't diminish being online. Don't diminish just having your church online. He's like, that's so important. And, and that is where the church is going. Um, so that, that was, you know, just, you know, it's great to have affirmation as well. And uh, that we're, you know, we're moving in the right place. And to have affirmation from someone like, uh, Bishop Pearson is amazing, and I met uh, this other Bishop White, Bishop Steve White, 
there and we just connected automatically and hopefully we'll have him come speak for evolution sometimes as well and just having other folks that were just like hey you know this is good work this is important work so um, i think we all need that affirmation sometimes um so atlanta visit was great um what i want to talk about today is inspiration Oh, first of all, I forgot my son always reminds me. He's like, Dad, you got to say, don't forget to like and follow. And what is the other one? Turn on the, turn on the, uh, like the bell or something, the announcements. But don't forget to like the service. There's nine of you and we have one like. <laughs> so give us a like and follow us um, on, on Facebook. Because he watches all the YouTubers do silly stuff and eat hot stuff. He loves watching people eat hot stuff. So if you see crazy revolution comments on people eating hot stuff, it's my son. My eight-year-old son. Um, he's going to have a very spicy Christmas. <laughs> um, so I, I wanted to talk about uh, inspiring and how often... I don't feel like... I feel like religion is really lost as inspiration in a lot of ways. Um, I, I feel like Christianity is not always the most inspiring. Um, it's so funny, my kid put up her Christmas tree and I was like, oh, that'll be nice. And now I'm just sitting right in front of it. It's like, oh, that'll be a nice, Merry Christmas, coming soon. Happy Hanukkah and every other thing you might celebrate. But like, what inspires people to, to do the things that we talk about? And I was thinking of like the life of Carlton, you know, there must be at least 10 memorial services happening around the country. There was like three in his city alone, two in Atlanta I know of. I was a part of one. Another one is, uh, I think, today or tomorrow. Um, you know, just he inspired people. And what was so inspiring about Carlton's life was that he, he one, he was just, he always made you feel like you were the, his favorite um, and the most important person in the room, which was, and it wasn't fake, which was really uh, an interesting thing to have because I've been with people who were like, I'm looking at you, but I'm kind of glazing to make sure there's no one more important behind you. Um, <laughs> but he, 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 he inspired people and, you know, he had a mega church and he gave it all up for because of a conviction. He had a conviction. He said, I don't believe there's hell. I don't believe people are going to go to hell. I don't believe this. And he had this conviction and he lost everything, you know, and it's nice to see a pastor who, who loses everything over a conviction rather than like a crazy scandal. And, uh, but he had that and he still inspired so many people to be brave enough to say, we've got to look at the biblical text critically and historically, and we've got to like what like what Greek traditions have we brought in? What is this? You know, we've got to look at this biblical scholarship, and and be willing to take stands. And not a lot of people are willing to do that. And usually, we're not willing to take stands because of financial worries of like, well, or or well, I'll lose my influence. I'll lose my people. And you know, and how do I inspire anybody if I don't have influence? And how if I don't inspire anybody if I don't have a job? You know, to do it. And so often we will compromise in this work and not talk about tough questions or secretly believe like, oh, you know, it's okay to be gay and there is no hell, but I'm just not going to say it because 
you know, I want to keep my job or I'm doing work from within, which were all different parts of the body. But he was an inspiring people because he loved so liberally and he felt love was for everybody and he believed that the good news was truly good news, that it wasn't a bait and switch, that it wasn't something that was like, I love you, but I'm going to torture you if you don't love me back. Um, and I know that seems like an awful bit of a simplification there. And it is. And we'll talk about that more in the future. Um, and, and we've talked about it before. We talked about it the last time we had a service. We, we talked about, you know, God, is God like his own, is he a mob? Is he running the God mob um, and making us pay for protection? Um, but Carlton inspired people, but one of the main things he inspired people was through loving them and caring for them and even disagreeing with them in a loving, caring way. And also my mother, you know, this documentary is, is really mainly, mainly focused on hers. You know, this documentary getting opened up and um, get picked up by Sundance and how much she loved and cared about people, even out of a simplistic simplistic understanding of theology, you know, um, she just loved people. She, you know, she'd always say, like, God doesn't make any junk. God doesn't do any of this thing. And, and it's funny because, she, uh, you know, I don't feel like there was ever a whole lot of room for hell. Like, she, I don't think she, I don't think she doubted that there was hell. I think she probably believed there was a hell. But I think um, quietly she just believed love, love conquered the day, love won. And she always loved people. She loved their enemies and she loved those. And those people inspire us. But inspiration, hopefully, is also going to be like inspiration into creation, as in like we will be inspired to live in those ways. We will be inspired to be brave. We will be inspired to take a stand. You know, uh, Dr. King inspired people to march and people to take a stand and to people to make sacrifices in their lives for a better world for each other. And, and that's what I feel like we miss out on sometimes. And so what I am saying today, today's talk is really about you inspiring others. Um, I'm not turning into Joel Olstein, but maybe a little bit. Who knows today? Because <laughs> um, are we inspired? So it's not enough just to argue well and accept grace. You know, it, 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 we, I mean, it is enough for us, but we've got to learn to inspire it in others. Like, how do we inspire others to argue well? You know, I worked with my friend Zoe a lot with that, and they really, like, I inspired them, and then they turned around and inspired me to even do it better, to hone it in, to think of it different, to look at different ways. Like, it was like, you know, we, we, when we work together, when we come together, we can inspire each other to do better and, 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 and do it in a way where we're like, you know, no one's in control. No one's like, I am the man of God and I will control, you know, I'm like, no, like I'm going to learn how to inspire others from you as well as you from me and how we do that in a way to inspire people to have the tough conversations and to have the hard conversations, you know, and there comes times when some of these conversations are just so, so, so tough to have, you know. Um, and they can be lonely, you know, when it can be a lonely place. And one of the things I kept hearing at every pastor who got on stage, every bishop, every family member, everybody 
almost everybody, I'd say 90% of the folks who spoke, because it was like a three-hour memorial, everybody who spoke at the memorial at one point said they felt lonely. They felt alone. Um, and I know what that feels like. I, I strangely often prefer to be by myself because I like to read, I like to reflect, and I like to think. But like going back to Atlanta, I realized like, wow, I've really, it's not, I shouldn't be as isolated as I am. You know, I should have a community, even if that community is, you know, in different places, you know, people, more people to check in with and talk with and have, because it can be lonely. It can be lonely to mourn people. It can be lonely to think differently. It can be lonely to have these decisions and nobody to talk to. And if we can inspire that within ourselves to do it and we can help and inspire others to do the things that we talk about like arguing well disagreeing well uh, accepting that we are accepted uh, that this is good news that there needs to be a reformation you know that um, I'm trying not to go in the weeds with this because I really want to stay with inspiration so I'm not gonna I want to go into all these different theologies and we can inspire people for this one and this one and that one um, but inspire people you know that that's I feel like that's what Christ tried to do in many, so many times when he was saying, you know, love your neighbor, love your enemy, do these things, turn the other, you know, inspiring us to live in a different world. And, you know, love your enemies, like inspiring us to love in a different way. Um, and not feel alone, you know, not, you know, not feel alone when like, oh, I don't believe in hell, so I'm alone and no one agrees with me, no one likes me and I'm going to go eat worms, like. No, there are people who think and feel the way you do. You know, finding discussion groups. You know, that's what I did. I found, like a lot of you, uh, our friend Dan McClellan online, and I sent him a message and said, "Hey, man, can you give me more information?" Like, I believe you and I agree with you. You know, but I just I have to teach this stuff. You know, is there other teachings that you can kind of encourage me to go deeper and deeper? And I have, and it's like just gone so deep, it's blowing my mind. Um. But it's not just enough to sit back and critique each other. You know, it's not just enough for us to go like, oh, the church is a horrible place and, you know, they're doing bait and switch or they make people feel guilty. They don't practice grace. They tear each other apart or this group is bad or that group is bad. Um, for me, um, I try not to so much focus on the people as much as the institutions, you know, the institutions and critiquing the institutions and trying to critique the institutions well. Sometimes people even see that as scapegoating. Um, but I do feel like we still have to speak truth to power. But how do we inspire people to do that in a way that is productive and that actually um, brings change? And you go, well, Jay, well, how do we do it? Well, I'm, 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 I'm asking you as well, how do we do it? Um, and are we doing it? Are we inspiring others to live a life that is loving, accepting, and graceful, and is, is disagreeing well? And so we are inspiring others to also disagree well and to grow more. Um, because I don't, I, I see a lot of folks out there uh, who are my peers, and a lot of them uh, critique, 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 you know, and, and that's okay. But what I want to do is encourage them to like, don't just critique the church. Don't just critique theology. Uh, don't just critique the systems, but let's inspire people to get in and think deeper on how to do that themselves, but in a loving, graceful way, you know, let, let let's let people know we want to have a conversation. 
you know, that was the thing is that my mom has always inspired me to try to be forgiving and try to be loving. And what's really great is when I don't feel forgiving and when I don't feel loving or when I'm having an issue and I talk to somebody, you know, I'll often be reminded of grace. I'm like, Jay, the message of grace. And I'm like, oh, I know, you know. And, and sometimes those are tough conversations, but they inspire me to go on a little bit longer. And sometimes that's the inspiration people need. I'm not saying like we're going to inspire people to, you know, completely change the world. I think we can. But I think what we're really called to do is help inspire people not to feel lonely. Inspire people uh, to think uh, well, to think critically, but also to do it in an inspirational way that's just not cutting down, not just hurting people. That's that, that idea of love in, in 1 Corinthians 13, you know, never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, endures through every circumstance, you know. And, um, but it is, it's tough, it feels lonely, and sometimes it feels like you get beat up. And it's hard to stay, uh, stay in that sense of like, uh, is it just, you know, is it Pearl the Swine? What am I doing here? And that's why this community is important, you know. I mean, when I turn this on, you know, you all say hello to me, but you all say hello to each other. I see conversations happening with each other. I see sometimes you guys arguing and sometimes really arguing well. And that's like beautiful because we're inspiring each other once a week to say, hey, what's going on? What's happening? Even if you're just like, let's just talk. Who cares what Jay's saying? He's always just made or andering on about anything. Anyhow, we can listen later. Let's, let's catch up. And to me, that's like really beautiful. Um, So I think it's not just enough to, for us to do these things. I just don't think morality can be uh, legislated, you know, or even sometimes it's not even as well, not even well educated, but it can be demonstrated, you know. And so when I say morality, I know a lot of things come up like, oh, I don't smoke or chew or go with girls that do, you know, that kind of like, I don't go to radar, all that stuff that was kind of abused in us. And that was like, oh, you know, you Beware, little feet, God's watching you, all that judgmental crap. Um, Could come into our minds when we hear the word morality. But when I speak about morality, I'm talking about like why we, we don't believe in war, why we don't believe in hurting each other, why we turn the other cheek, why, we, um, why we're patient and kind, and not jealous or boastful or proud or rude, like that type of morality and how we inspire that into others. And I have to say, like, I've, I keep coming back to my mother because I'm going like, you know, I'm watching people make plays and watch films. And I'm usually not even involved in those projects. And if I am, I'm just a little bit involved, you know. <laughs> but these are people who are just out there going like this. I, we were inspired for some reason by this woman with all this makeup and a television. I mean, she had the odds against her. Christianity, televangelist, makeup, kind of, you know, oh, kind of silly, you know. But somehow, love conquered all that somehow inspiration conquered all that and people are saying there's something inspiring here in this life um and i believe that this inspiration that type of inspiration much like love is is takes the finite being and turns them infinite and allows them to be infinite and allows us to be infinite and carry on something that inspires people to be infinitely loving one another infinitely being patient and kind with one another. Um, uh, infinitely learning like, hey, woo, this is a bad situation. We gotta make, turn out how to turn this bad situation into uh, at least a compromised situation, at least something where we both can, can, can leave not in hurt and not in pain and not devastated. 
you know, I, I think about how they, the troubles in, in, um, in Northern Ireland, you know, um, and different peace processes, you know, and, and, and peace doesn't always come because everybody gets what they want. It's I mean, usually everybody has to give up something, you know, but learning how to do that in a way that continues to inspire us to be humans, to be, a, to be people. Uh, and seeing every person worthy of love. And I think the idea of like sin and hell and things like that have, have somehow given people the license. We always say, well, if, you know, you have a light grace. You people, you say grace is good. Aren't you afraid it's a license to sin? And I would say, well, they've been doing it without a license. So, I mean, you know, it doesn't matter. And, um, and I feel like sometimes like the messages of hell and how we preach it and how we see it and how it's become this thing from like the Greek understanding and gods and Hades and all, because, you know, Hades wasn't a Christian concept and it wasn't a Jewish concept. It was a Greek religious concept. So all those ideas we, we've taken and then you got Dante's Inferno and all the different things. And we almost use hell and, and, and this concept. Well, if God created this torture chamber for people, this place for people to be punished for eternity, uh, well then, you know, why not bomb those people? Because we don't like them, you know? I mean, slave owners used hell as an excuse for having slaves. Like, well, if they weren't slaves, they wouldn't know God and they wouldn't know Jesus. And now I have them and they know Jesus. And in the afterlife, it's going to be so much better for them. You know, you will do horrible things with the horrible idea of torture and eternal torture and damnation and, and, and Dante's Inferno and, and these type of things really hurt people. And I think one of the things we also need to inspire each other to do is apologize when we're wrong. I think the church, as if we want to see a reformation within the church, it, there has to be apologies. I mean, years ago we did this apology sticker saying, oh, we're sorry for being self-righteous bastards, you know. Maybe we need to do one and be like, well, you know, we're sorry for damning you all to hell. Now, of course, you're going to get groups of people who love hell. They embrace hell. They can't let go of hell. They're afraid that if they let go of hell, that Jesus isn't going to be there anymore and all this kind of stuff. And that's right there, black and white in the book of God. And, you know, they don't understand. But what we want to do is inspire them to understand, inspire them to read boring books, inspire them to read uh, really good scholarship and really good philosophy and, and to follow uh, be a part of really great progressive thinking communities that are, are, are trying to work this out as well. Um, that's what's going to change things. You know, we remember Dr. King is because he inspired us to be better. Did we become better? Is racism gone and all that? No, it's not, you know, but King inspired the best of us, you know, uh, you know, I, I would argue even as well, like, uh, Malcolm X, uh, you know, w when he went, went to Mecca and came back and had his like revelation, like he inspired us to be better as human beings and to work on ourselves, but also to work on ourselves with the fact that we've got to be with each other. And so there are these people who have inspired us, but, you know, to, to think that, but what I want to do is, are we inspiring it to put the feet on the ground? Are we inspiring it to, inspiring each other to do it within our heart? Are, are we inspiring this, is good news inspirational? Are we so afraid of a different message or a different idea? Like, fear drives us to do so many things. Fear drives us to hide. Fear drives us to close. Fear drives us to say, like, them, there, you know? And, and politicians use fear to get us to vote and to think different ways. Well, if they got this, then, well, 
what would happen? You know, the world, you know, remember what they would say about gay marriage and none of that's happened. Um, so, 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 so we use fear and in the Bible, the Bible says in first John, perfect love casts out all fear. It also says that God is love. Um, and if you look at these ideas, I don't see a concept for this. You know, also I was reading a verse today. Let's see if I can find it. Um, this is weird. It's bookmarked. Um, it says in, in, in uh, 1 John 2, My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin, but if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the Righteous One. He is anointing. He is atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only ours only, but for all sins of the whole world. So, you, you know, you got to wrestle and negotiate with these texts. This is, I wish this was a perfect book. It would make my life a lot easier. I wish it was like, a, you know, had all the answers, even in just the back. I was like, oh, you're, you know, it doesn't. Um, but that's good news. You know, like, oh, you know. Jesus isn't just advocating on your behalf. He's having it on all of our behalf. God loves us. God is love. Love is everything. Um, and I think when I look at the concepts of ideas like hell and things like that, and I guess I'm talking a lot about that because I was with a lot of folks uh, from Carlton's you know, community. Um, and I've just always kind of not believed in hell. It's like, like well, I haven't believed in it in probably... 15, six, four, 15 years. Um, and I've just always thought it was a side thought. And there's a lot of people who are like, this is their main message to get out there. And I'm realizing, well, maybe that's the, the, the incomplete work of the Reformation because we're still selling indulgences. You know, um, we're just not selling them necessarily with finances, but we're selling them, well, you've got to convert and you've got to join my church and you've got to do this and then you get to go to heaven. Like we're still selling tickets to heaven and we're still selling tickets to get out of hell. And we're still saying that that God of love created both of those. And so it's like, we got to ask, are we thinking? Are we using our minds? Are we using our hearts? Are we using our, I mean, does it make sense? Or is it, you know, can we inspire people to think that much outside of uh, tradition? You know, can we break the tradition? Can we break the mold? Will we all be willing to stand up together? Because we can't just now go, I can't find one church and go nail something up. And then they get like, oh, it's this is my, blowing my mind, you know, you can't write the perfect tweet. I remember one time I'd taken a sleeping pill and I, and I was up and I, and I forgot to fall asleep. So when you don't fall asleep on sleeping pills, you get real weird. And, and, and my wife at the time came in and she goes, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm on my phone. I'm like, I'm writing the perfect tweet, like <laughs> the tweet that will change the world. Now I have to let you know, it was really kind of a silly thing, tweet that I don't even remember what it was, but I thought for some reason in my sleeping pill mind that I was, you know, going to change the world through tweets. Um, but we have to inspire this in people every day. And, uh, it's, this is a lot, that's a lot to ask, you know, but I also, I just hope we can move it from inspiration to preparation, you know, like we're, we're inspired by people. Now we prepared to love radically like that. And, uh, you know, everyone, I want to be like Jesus. I want to be like, the, I want to, you know, like, well, like, let's, how do we continue to put those things in our life? And I'll say one way is I think is by meeting here every week, you know, we're going to talk about it. We're going to practice it. We're going to figure it out. We're going to argue. We're going to disagree. And we're going to try to do that the best we can. 
Um, let me look at my notes here. You know, for me, like when I look at uh, the concept of like hell and things like that, it's only, like I said, it's only really for me, I've only seen it inspire fear. And when the Bible says perfect love casts out all fear, you see fear or you see, or, or disbelief or just like, oh, that's, this doesn't make sense. Um, bitterness, uh, self-hatred. Uh, and then when I see like the fruit in, of, of bitterness, because sometimes you see a lot of bitter, hurt people who come out of Christianity, you know, I'm inspired to want to reach out to those folks and be like, you know, you're right, that was shit, but it's not all shit. And there's good things and, and there's good news and there's this. You know, because living in bitterness, uh, uh, 99% of the time what I've seen even when groups are bitter and angry and, and they get together, they eventually become smaller and smaller and smaller because bitterness turns on itself eventually. And, and they become their own, because everybody is so hurt. Everybody, and if, you know, so they start reacting to each other's pain. And often we're not called to really necessarily react to someone's pain or to deal with that person's pain at that moment. Sometimes we say, hey, I understand that pain. But let me tell you something that's really encouraging. Let me tell you, like, let me, have you heard of this, this, this talk that Tillich, Paul Tillich gave? It's called You Are Accepted. You know, check it out. You can Google it. You are accepted, Paul Tillich, you know. That's one thing I always have with me, you know, a letter to a Birmingham jail. You know, have you read that? You know, look through it. Really embrace it. You can kind of see what's happening there. Um, that's why I do book recommendations and even record recommendations and album recommendations because these things that are keep me inspired or keep me encouraged to continue to do this work, to read these rough texts, to have the arguments and have the people tell me, oh, you're going to hell or, oh, you know, I had somebody from, uh, from Carlton's alma mater, ORU, because he went to Oral Roberts University, contact me and was like, how, you know, how dare you say all this stuff and agree with him? And, you know, are you, you telling me that Christianity is just about loving other people? And I was like, yeah. You nailed it. That's it. You figured it out. It's just about loving other people. Well, can't we just do that on our own? Yeah. And it would be great if you did. But what about, no, you, that's it. It's love your neighbor, but it's also loving your enemy. That's it. Now go forth and do likewise, you know? And uh, it, it, it's something that seems so ridiculously simple, but it seems to be something that people who base their lives around these messages have let other things come in. And, 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 and make it toxic and, and make it a place where people aren't safe and where we can't have conversations because the conversation is, well, will I hate you or accept you based on this conversation? And that should never be part of the conversation is if you win the conversation, you're okay. If you lose the conversation, oh, you're going to be a tortured for eternity. And not only that, you, the rest of your life, you'll be isolated from me and my friends and, and your family. You know, that is not love. That is not grace. There's nothing hopeful about that. That, was, that is hopelessness. And uh, that is not arguing well. That is not disagreeing well. Um, I'm always torn between arguing well and disagreeing well. Uh, those, are, those are two hard things to, to, to really do. Um, but I think you just have to realize is when sometimes you're just going to disagree well and then there's other times you are going to have to argue well. But that also means arguing with your ears, you know, and listening and showing respect and showing courtesy and showing love and um, uh, being meek and kind, you know, uh, not proud and boastful. You know, if you think about how many, 
you know, meek and kind messages you've heard about hell, you know, you know, that's usually when the pride and boastful and real, you know, and people start getting angry. And I think it's just the best people can do to justify such a horrific message. Anyway, I was trying not to go down that road today, but that's just the road I'm on, folks. Compl complaining um, can't be our only tool. Complaining about the way things have been and about how other churches act and how other religious people act can't be the only tool. Now, I know you're saying, Jay, there seems to be a contradiction here because you seem to be saying, like, these people and those people and that. Okay, I want to say these ideas, these, con these traditions and different traditions... I'm not trying to say we scapegoat these people. So that's, that's, this is where the strong contradiction comes in because when we're saying we're going to argue well, there's another contradiction. But arguing well keeps us from going to war, keeps us from destroying each other. And so that, you know, you've got two things, two people coming together, and sometimes you're just going to also have to disagree. And sometimes you'll even find that you learn more from the argument than the other person. And that's a great thing about like when I read about Hegel's ideas of contradiction and like two opposites coming together are dialectics, the dialectics, uh, dialectic behavioral therapy of two truths can coexist. And sometimes those two truths that butt up against each other can bring something even greater than truth. And I feel that's almost as like enlightenment and inspiration for us to go forward. I mean, when Dr. King was saying, you know, these people aren't our enemies misinformation is you know and then when they're saying well dr king when they beat us how do we react i mean is there a defensive technique or something like that and you know what he said his def the defensive technique was and someone called this idiotic and i understand why his defensive technique was you look them in the eyes and it's not like wax on wax off <laughs> you know paint the fence <laughs> it's you look them in the eyes and you cause the person to recognize your humanity to see you as a human being you know, so try looking people in the eyes. You don't always have to smile, but you can see their humanity. Next time someone maybe attacks you or something like that. That's the problem with arguing on social media and why it's uh, often fruitless is because we don't see that. Um, otherwise, we have to take... You see, I, I, anytime I've won an argument on, on, uh, online, and I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm not the worst at it. I'm, I'm not bad at it. And even to the point where we became friends afterwards, but you also come off a little bit unhinged and you have to be a little bit obsessive. You have to be a little bit like, because you're like, oh, why is this person? Oh, some guy's like, you must have a lot of time on your hands. <laughs> and I'm like, well, actually, this is what I do. You know, this is, I try to argue well and, and disagree and at least come to a good place at the end. Um, but complaining about these things is can't bear only a tool on our belt. I think we've got to have apologizing could help asking for forgiveness, uh, saying, hey, yeah, things aren't great. Um, like I said, arguing well. Grace is always a good one. Forgiveness, which is, 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 seems like an easy concept. Forgiveness really seems like an easy concept. Um, it's easier for me to forgive your enemy than to forgive my own enemy, right? Um, it, it's easy for me to forgive someone who hurt you. <laughs> And I think I, I saw that a lot with people who felt hurt by my family, you know, and, and, and I'm like, you've got to forgive them, you know, but they had their own things going on inside and the only things they had to deal with. And they need, a lot of people needed time to, to, to deal with that collapse of their lives as well, you know. So often we, we, we've got to just, you know, be forgiving and, 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 and 
that's I think when maybe time is 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 good for us as a community is like, hey, I I see you're really struggling with forgiving that person. You know, like I can forgive them obviously because it didn't hurt me personally. How do we do this? And um, because it's not easy. It's 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 much easier to love others' enemies than to love your own enemy. And uh, I try to remember that. Because often you will sometimes become other person's enemy when you're loving their enemy because they're like, well, if you love them, then you must be the enemy. And uh, things can get very complex, nuanced within that. And how do you do that well? How do you live in that tension? Because that tension's always there when you are trying to be inclusive. Um, and uh, I think that's where community comes in is, hey, you know, reach out to somebody like, I don't know what to do. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time doing this. I can't, I'm struggling with this. I, 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 you know, and I think we often want pastors or people like that to kind of be the forgiver on our behalf, you know, or the, the people who inspire us. Like, well, they let them be the, the, they'll believe and they'll forgive on our behalf and we can sit here and be bitter pricks online. And that's just not what we're, we're called to more than that. We're called to not just be inspired, but we're called to inspire others to love more and to care more and to pick. This is the dying to your flesh. This is picking up your cross. This is, this is the tough stuff. As we move into this 30 years of uh, revolution, it has never gotten easier. And uh, you know what's really scary not, you know, and brings a lot of fear is not just the ideas of eternal damnation and things like that but change. Change frightens people. It's the unknown. Um, whenever I move someplace, I get so full of like worry and dread and I go into like kind of this like panic state. Why I'm moving? You can ask anybody who's like been my friends while I'm moving. Uh, my whole life I've moved around uh, since I was young. And there's always just like, ah, yeah, there's a part of you that, like, I, where I was living before wasn't great for the kids, you know, and it was far away and things like that. But there was a part of me that just wanted to stay there and be like, I can just accept that, you know, sometimes there's people sleeping in the hallways or I can just accept that, like, the landlords don't really care about the people or care about the property um, or they care about the property more than they care about the people. You know, I, 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 you know, I can just, you know, because I, you know, I know it. I know what the mystery is here. I know what the, what's in the dark and most of the time, not all the time. But, you know, and if I move and I have, my rent gets more, I have to do this. And am I going to be okay? And are my kids going to be okay? And am I still going to be able to do the work that I love? Or am I going to, you know, all this. Like when I was trying, it's so funny how worked up I got over like applying for jobs. Because it was the unknown. I was like, well, what's going to be like being at Target all day and working with different people from different backgrounds? And, you know, and then I didn't get the job, you know, but I got all this fear in my mind because I thought, well, I'm obviously going to get this one. And the next one, oh, I'm obviously going to get this one. So I was kind of, I'm not always a negative Nancy or a negative Ned. Um, um, negative Pat, you know, I, I just went in and was like, this is, you know. So sometimes that negative energy and that fear of change we allow to keep us from moving forward. And sometimes the costs are worse than we expected. But I would say 95% of the time, they're not. And uh, we, that's where the, the wise 
the wise, uh, the old wise saying from the 12 step AA group is one day at a time really comes in the powerful way, powerful method of living uh, life of change and growth and how we do church. And it might have to be that churches are more online communities like this. So we can like, this is, we know this is a safe place as far as like, well, we can believe different things and we'll all still show up here, you know, online. Um, so I don't know. Um, what's the point of this? The point of this is we've got to inspire critical thinking, but more than even just critical thinking, we've got to inspire inclusion. And that means the unknown. That also means maybe going back to the unknown. That means loving your enemy and loving others' enemies. And that means having the tough conversations, arguing well, uh, living in fear. Uh, at the same time, trying to change great big systems. You know, it's always tough, you know. It's always tough. You know, I live in a country where we pay taxes and my taxes go towards war. And I do not believe in war and I don't believe in killing the innocent. And I don't, I believe the ideas are what needs to be changed. I don't believe people need to lose their lives, you know, and, and, uh, but that's the system I'm in, you know, I mean, I, 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 uh, I participate in, in a system that I feel that needs desperately needs to change every day. And so we can see that on a small scale as of what the communities that we're part of, the churches we're part of, the places we work the places we shop and different things like that. But what's going to inspire us that day to make that one difference and go, I'm going to go here instead of there. I'm going to do this instead of that. I'm going to say this instead of that. I'm going to respond this way rather than this way. Um, and I think that was kind of the concept between the what would Jesus bracelets do. Well, unfortunately, I think what would Jesus do is a lot of people just started flipping tables over in the evangelical church. Um, <laughs> Jesus would send you to hell. Um, so maybe it's time to think like, what would Gandhi do? What would King do? What would Tammy Faye do? What would some of these other people do until we can figure out what would Jesus do or what the apostle Paul would do or things like that. But like, what, what's, what would love do in this? What, what is my best? And you can be doing your best and not be at your very best yet. You know, sometimes the best I can do is not comment or block someone or, uh, have brief words, you know, or just go silent for a while. Um, sometimes you just have to, hey, let's just, let's, let's, let's cool down for a bit. Um, so there's so much nuance in this. We have to remember that. Like there is not a Band-Aid that we can just say, this is it, or here's the shot, and here's the, and this is what we got to do. We've got a lot of nuances. And that's why, you know, I, I I feel like revolution is, is an important community to be here every week uh, as much as we can and, and maybe even more in the future this, this coming year is because of all these nuances, you know, what do we do in these situations? How do we love in these situations? How do we argue well in these situations? How do we grieve? You know, how do we let go? How do we move on to, to, to things we're afraid of? And uh, I think we can do that with each other. So. That was, that was what I got out of uh, the memorial and being in Atlanta this week was uh, inspiration and realizing how many people said they were felt alone. And I hope for a brief moment here you don't feel alone. And even if you don't agree with the things that are being said here, um, no, you're not alone. Because we all at one point did not agree with the things being said here either. You know, 
And that's not saying, well, eventually you'll come to the dark side. You may never. Um, but that's the cool thing about being inclusive is we don't have to subscribe to an idea to be in a community. We don't have to have these rules and regulations. I mean, there are a few people that we've, one person we've ever blocked online, and you guys probably know that. That was someone who was over two years, even, uh, even when Caleb was here and with us still was part of this community and it just got too rough to handle. Um, so that's something that rarely, rarely uh, happens is, is where we have to make those decisions. But even in those, there was nuance and there was talking to other people and communicating and seeking advice. Um, so this is a kind of a weird radical community and we'll continue to do that because I believe there's a, a bigger reformation that has to, I think we have to finish the work of the reformation. Uh, we look back at the Reformation, and if you really look back at when all that was happening, there's a lot of horrible things happening and a lot of horrible theology coming out of it as well. Um, not just, you know, faith alone and things like that. We still kept a lot of things that were, were hateful and still we still were doing a, a, a destination trade of goods and services in a way, if you think about it, uh, and works. Um, so, so this is different. This is, this is saying, you are loved, now go love, you know. Um, and we'll figure that out together. Maybe the next 30 years. Who knows? Listen, everybody. Thank you for coming. Thank you for the birthday wishes. Uh, my last day of 47. We'll see what happens. I'm going to go take my son to his soccer game now and be dad. But I love you all, and I'm grateful that you're here. And I love this community. And um, I really can't wait to see. I, I do feel inspired for some reason. This 30 years thing's inspired me. And, and, and being back in Atlanta, um, seeing people that never came to Jesus or never got Christianity but are still lifelong friends to me and were still part of revolution, even though they may have never stepped in a revolution building, was just, you know, it was, it was right. It was just the right thing. And uh, I, I'm, I, inspires me to continue on um, humbly. So I humbly ask you to support our work so we can do more. Um, this whole year and all last year, it has been literally living on the bare minimum of our budget. And uh, you can go to revolutionchurch.com and there's a PayPal or Venmo and you can help support our work there. And um, it's how we, this work will continue on if this work is to go further it only goes further through your donations. Um, I hope one day we get some great big sponsorship and some sort of thing like that because I don't like raising money. And it's a lot easier to raise money if I can promise you something. And um, I don't have anything to promise you, you know. God willing, I will be here next week, you know. God willing, we'll be here the next few weeks. Um, but I've been losing a lot of loved ones, so we don't know. Um, but I will content, content, can tell you and will affirm in you that We'll be there for others. There's stuff that you don't see. There's mourning and, and being part of people who are mourning life and people who are going through things and conversations that we don't all see with each other. But this is this is the work of revolution and we can't do it without you. And it's almost uh, January, so you can get your tax, end of your tax deductible donation. That's the only thing I can offer you is a tax deductible donation. Um, I can't offer you a get out of fee, get out of hell free card or three free sins or anything. 
All I can offer you is, is continue to encourage and hopefully inspire you and you inspire me for us to be better human beings and love each other more and experience a real living God or a God that's outside of existence even, but a God in Christ that is real and, and transformative and, and a life that inspires others to live well and do better and to argue well and to show each other grace. And I, I think that's all I can say is this, we are creating a better a better world. We uh, are lessening hell in people's lives and looking forward to making the future a better place. So thank you everyone. Oh, thank you for the kind words too. That means the world to me. Um, it makes my week too. It really does. I, I, I think about this hour all through the week. Um, even when it wasn't happening and I was doing, you know, I was thinking about all of you when I was there, uh, with all these different bishops, you know, they're all bishops and they've got the collars and the, the crosses in their pockets, which I really like. They put their cross in their left pocket and I, I never knew why they put their necklace in the pocket. And I found out this week is because it's always close to their heart. And I thought that was really beautiful. So if I ever have a cross long enough and a pocket high enough, I might pull that into my, my fashion game. I thought that was really a cool thing to say, but, you know, all these different bishops representing multiple bodies of church, and I'm like, well, I, you know, there's a ragtag group of us online, and so I don't just, it's not just me here, it's, it's revolution is here, and uh, it was kind of a homecoming as well, so thanks everybody, love you guys, have a great week, and I will see you, oh, well, this will be, we'll have a, we'll have a, a Christmas Eve service, right, because next next yeah it's the day before christmas so i never do really like holiday themed talks but we will so join us next sunday for a christmas eve service very special christmas eve service for revolution maybe i'll get some stuff and i'll get a funny sweater and a little mug and i'll be like oh hello there and we'll have knocks on the door and we'll have special guests of grace jones is here like on the peewee's one peewee herman's here all right love you guys have a good week bye listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website.